Last Time on Paradise Lost. Well, they hate my guts. They say I don't respect authority. They say I don't follow protocol. But I'm sorry. I cannot sit back and apologize to you that I did not sit back and be a passenger on your train. The idea that you have everything, the career you wanted, the life you have worked on, is an enticing thing. And Louis Otieno had that. He was a master of his own fate. He believed his skill set that had set him apart will take him to wherever he needed to be and stay there, if not scale higher. His talent was taking him where his character was going to be tested. Anytime Louis encountered a problem, he would change media houses. What he did not know is that the ground beneath him was shifting. Hey, brother. Hey. Remember I was explaining to you about the cochlear implant? Yes. And I was telling you uh, how the, the electronic messaging goes straight to the brain. Yes. Yeah, sometimes it it, uh, it hurts. It begins to hurt, you know. It begins to pain because it's, uh, it's like sound, you know, being in a room with a lot of sound going straight to your head. So sometimes it gets to you. It's one of the reasons why they keep doing the adjustments also to see how much you can take safely because it can turn out very bad, actually. If it goes completely south, you can bust a vein. Wow. It will be in surgery. But unfortunately, I couldn't keep up because uh, one session for audiology is uh, 8,000 bob. And uh, one session for speech rehabilitation is uh, 5,000 bob. So. Basically, it's me and my laptop. That's how I survive. There's nothing else I can do. Welcome to the third episode of Paradise Lost. The media business, like many other businesses, is erratic, fast, and in many ways functions as organized chaos. Competition for top TV channels was driven mostly by personalities. At the time, having big names pulled audiences. Well, it still does today, but not on the levels of 2000s. So, Leo Teno being a much sought-after talk show host made him a huge brand name, and he exploited it to the maximum. At the height of his career, he had a show branded on his name, This Is Louis. Locally, the biggest name was Leo Teno. We thought there's no way Louis will ever agree to come. From Citizen? This is Rose Kimodo, former media owner and proprietor of K24. And here, she's telling me her thought process when she was just about to hire the biggest celebrity in town 
Louis Otieno. We didn't want to poach anybody from anywhere. It had to be locally trained people because they were going to tell stories the way they were trained to tell stories, right. real stories about real people. But we needed some anchors, you know, some big names. Yeah. So we identified Jeff Koinange from South Africa, who was jobless, he had just left CNN. Well, it was easier to hire jobless Jeff Koinange than the towering Louis Otieno. You know, he had been at the top at KTN, he had been at the top at Nation. How do you attract such a talent? Because I always admired Louis. He was the best interviewer, very calm, very collected. And convincing Louis was quite difficult. And I thought, well, you can't cost anything. All he can do is say no. <laughs> and I remember arranging a meeting with him. And we said, no, no, we have to convince this guy. He's got to leave Citizen to come and work for us. And I told her, I'll join you. She asked me, what? I said, I'll join you. Showing that, my God, what I hear you on, I can't afford you. I gave her my payslip. And she said, what? This is not what I've had. I said, well, this is what is true. That's my payslip. I can't manufacture a payslip. That's the truth. So maybe... You can't afford me. Despite what appears to have been an intense negotiation, it masks more than it actually reveals. Louis agreeing to join K24, which for all intents and purposes was a startup TV, him being at the top of his game is extremely odd. What I've gathered is Rose Kimodo perhaps just matched his pay from Citizen Television. The reason he brought his payslip but underneath this, Louis was taking the chance with K24 because he was at the end of his rope at Citizen TV. First, they lied that I was earning close to a million a month, which was a lie. Mm-hmm. And second, they lied about my contract because it's the first time I was going to get a contract from Revenue Share. Louis left KTN for Citizen TV, where, in his own words, he was looking for more autonomy over his shows and managing his career. Citizen Television promised him that and much, much more, he says. They lied. They told me, here's a contract just to keep you away from your guys because... They're really fighting for you not to leave. And they're causing trouble. We just want to make sure then that it's sealed. Then once you come in, and to be honest, I was actually paid a month in advance salary. And I said, you see, this is a lockdown just to make sure they know, leave you alone. We've already paid them. Your notice period, we've paid them. What's happening was that Louis Otieno, Catherine Casavulli, and Swalem Doe left Kenya Television Network in a single day for Citizen TV. In one fell swoop, the trio, front-of-camera talent, sank what was up until that moment 
the number one television. Their move single-handedly created the impression that Citizen was the new king in town because they could attract such top talents from the top channel itself. Accompanying them was production staff, reporters, editors. KTN was disabled. Looking at that move from KTN's point of view, it smells of sabotage. Almost dramatic. Switch off station. And that I experienced. It was really the biggest move I was involved in. Louis Otieno, Swalem Doe, and Catherine Casavuli got everything they asked for. I told him, I want to go on the road. And he says, Done. Meanwhile, the owners of KTN, the television station, were scrambling some last-minute package in an effort to stall the move. Because they realize what this means. Losing top on-air talent at one go spelled doom. Can you believe this man called me to a meeting at Karim Blixen in that exquisite place. Order whatever you want to drink and eat. He gave me a card with somebody's name from Dobi. He told me they're expecting you on Monday. Go and pick a car. Whichever car you pick, it's yours. The kind of stuff that Hollywood is made of. There is more. A piece of paper and pen and told me, write your salary. That's what I'm going to pay starting this month. In fact, I'll backdate it. It'll start from last two months. Last two months. What would you do? What did you do, you think of me? <laughs> You're clever, James. You've been in this industry too long. <laughs> so, Louis and a host of other colleagues refuse these overtures from their employers. They walk out, denting KTN's credibility in the process. KTN never survived this move, to be sure. The station has never managed to reclaim its status as the number one TV channel ever again. A lot of people would be angry at this, not least the employers, but the bosses that felt personally slighted by this move. This act, professional act, didn't go down well with many of the sea suits at the time. And they will have their revenge in the near future. Please, mark this. For now though, Louis Otieno was out and he was making waves. Uh, citizen, because I got to do the Donald meetings. My baby project, I miss it so much. But that was my biggest fun. Not in terms of management, but in terms of the job. That's where I had the most fun. Having fun 
and getting away with what looks like murder. It's now two on the bounce. Louis has walked away from KTN acrimoniously, just as he did walk away from NTV again with much acrimony. Meanwhile, what's happening here is that he's picking up enemies. The bosses he left at NTV were somehow now at Citizen, his new workplace. And they hadn't forgotten what he had supposedly done to them at NTV. Talk of your enemies coming together. A lot of animosity grew between me and the newsroom for reasons that I did not perpetuate. I just was doing my job. So anyway, management decides this is what will happen. And so the guy shows up. One Uru Kenyatta was guest. I'd never been within a yard of this guy before that. Never, ever. I mean, everything was wrong about it. Yeah. There was no pre-show meeting, yeah. which I also don't do. So we had not set any parameters. And it was all based on the fact that the then President Moy had released a statement that had said what's the effect that Uru Kenyatta will be the next president. After President Moy endorsed what was then considered a rookie. <laughs> The machinery to popularize the candidature of Uhuru Kenyatta in 2002 kicked in. And they chose Louis Otieno's first platform at NTV. So he comes in, bouncy and, you know, all this. He has this over, I call it an over handshake, you know. Mm -hmm. It's, It's... it's the kind of way you 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 palm a guy. Louis says the media was rolling out the red carpet for the young Kenyatta. According to him, he already had media handlers whose interest was to make sure the air apparent has a smooth sailing. Everything goes express. Stories are cut. Business news is cut. Sports news is cut. I'm like, whoa, all right. This setup is about to go really, really badly for everyone involved. I'm thinking big irritation. And the other half of the team is thinking, wow, big deal. So it comes all this and that, and things are rushed. And this is what annoys me. On this particular day now, things are rushed. This was the worst show I've had. All my life as a TV host, it was terrible because I'm telling you, we were civil for all of two minutes. And after that, we went to war straight. We went to war. I asked him the question. 
I told him, look, as far as I'm concerned, you're like a guy who is just falling from the moon. And in my profiling, I knew this guy has a temper. He has a short fuse. He's going to lose it just now. And it, this is not going to be an interview. And for sure, it degenerated. It was not an interview. It just became a brawl. Do you know, he would be adamant and he would tell me, you're not listening to me. And I'm thinking, this is my show. You're not going to tell me I'm not listening to you. You're going to finish answering whatever you've decided to answer, which I haven't asked you. Good for you. When you're done, you will go back and answer what I've asked you. I would trust you to lead us. Wow. Everything went south. But you're determined to answer your own questions. So I don't know which show you're on. But here, I've got questions for you. I need you to answer them. Everything was conflict. Everything was a contest. Everything was an area of dispute. And my, it, for, to me, anybody who discerned and watched and saw my theme, it was just trust. I was like, I don't trust you. I'm sorry. I just don't trust you. And you're not helping. Because right now you're just yelling. You're not answering anything. You're just yelling. They, elite of this country, are not used to being spoken back to. I was a marked man from that day. I think I broke all the rules as were expected. That he did. Journalistically, there was a lot that went wrong with this situation. No agreement on angles of interviews from the editors, Louis removing his earpiece, and essentially going rogue on live TV. And, you know, the gallery was yelling at me, you know, we have our earpieces, and I actually removed my earpiece. Because now they were trying to tell me, you can't say this. You can't. And I removed it. Nobody explained it. But something really weird happened. And I don't care if I must anything after this because it's true. Everything about Louis that becomes famous in the industry is cemented from this moment. The tough interviewer, the arrogant TV host, the no-nonsense guy. This is Uhuru Kenyatta's first interview on TV, barely weeks after being thrusted onto the national stage. Tell me this guy. I'm saying, no, I reject you. And as you tell me, give me a reason why I should even listen to you as a voter. Because normally, my job was to speak as a voter. Not says Louis, it was not about me. This is where some people get it wrong. You see, I had the hardest job. I had the job of representing people who could not come on air. So I told him, no, I, I don't know how to look at you as a potential president. Give me a reason. To be clear, 
this interview was supposed to be a revelation interview for the young Kenyatta. So far, it's going really badly. And the handlers and their media partners are not liking it. Louis is not on script. Not known, because all this is all day one new. And we had a hard time. Mm-hmm. Because he kept saying, you're not listening to me. And I said, because you're not answering what I've asked you. Mm-hmm. Why would I listen? Mm-hmm. You answer me and listen to you. But you're determined to answer your own questions. Now, you've got a choice. Finish your script, ask your questions, answer, give your answers. When you're done and you're good and ready, can we now have a proper show where I can ask you questions and you can answer them? As is normal of a guest who comes to the show. Wow. It was bad. <laughs> and that was the general flow mm-hmm. of the show. On a side note, I can't help but wonder how this encounter ended up shaping the young Kenyatta's attitude towards media. He developed a cold attitude towards journalists and did everything in his power as a politician later on to reduce the legitimacy of journalism and its ability to check those in power. Ukichukua gazeti ati unaangalia ya kwamba nyinyi watu ya Bometu watu ya Rift Valley ati mumechoka na ndugu yangu. Bana. Nataka leo muniambie ya kwamba yale ambaye tunasoma ni ya ukweli au ni ya uongo. Kwa hivyo vile nilisema ya kwamba gazeti ni ya kufunga nyama ni sawa. Tuendelee namna hiyo. How did the show end? I don't even remember. At a point, it was good night, and the troops all walked in. Of course, our entire senior management and these troops, and they shuttled him out. And my co-host just looked at me and gave me that look of, are you completely mad? Do you understand? Here we go again with Louis picking up enemies, powerful enemies at that. He gives himself a pep talk. I owned a bullet. And I just got in. I took off. And shortly I was on my accurate. But now this is just you and me. Mind and heart talking now. You're alone. And so you ask yourself, be honest. Did you mess up? And I said, professionally, of course I did. But I felt justified in the sense that this guy was foisted on me. This guy didn't even care to have a pre-show talk. You think you're that good? We'll have a problem on air. And we did. So I was like, you know what? I defended my turf. And I did properly. I didn't insult him. I didn't accuse him. 
of anything that she had picked up from some newspaper or something or even her own. And then I drove home. Because Louis had built such a huge platform, interviews had become staple for new Kenyan television stations. He still had to be accommodated. But most importantly, media ownership and media handlers is something that, well, has been there and it's still a factor to date. So Louis had to be contented with, at least for now. One of my line managers tells me, hey, listen, you two guys need to make up. Me and one Uru Kenyatta. <laughs> you guys need to make up. There's going to be a lot of talk going down the road and you guys are bound to meet again and again. And uh, not like this. Okay? Why don't you just apologize and say you, you are doing your job and you got carried away? And I said, where is this going? And I'm told to go to a certain hotel not far from our station to a certain room not named. It was like in the movies. Go here, ask for this room. Don't ask anything else. Somebody will tell you what to do. So I find myself sitting in a room. It's empty. There's nobody. I'm alone. Five minutes later, one of Uru Kenyatta's saunters in. And with all his bounds and happiness, and he's like, hey, my guy, what happened? And I'm looking at him. And he said, relax, relax, relax. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Let's talk. So I said, so I said, look, uh, professionally, it's not how to do a show, okay? I'm not supposed to let my emotions come out like that. For that, I apologize. For the rest of it all, I really don't know. I mean, I don't know you. I, I, I really don't know anything. How long was this meeting? All of 10 minutes. <laughs> that is awkward. <laughs> All of 10 minutes. I mean, we didn't even have a glass of water. We just sat there in that room for 10 minutes and talking. He did the talking, I did the listening. And he was like keen to make peace and be like, don't worry. Which scared me even more because he's giving me assurances of my place of work. So, anyway, Louis has built enough audiences and a following that even as he leaves KTN for Citizen, he negotiates for a deal, a revenue share deal. I don't know how that works. A senior person called me to his office. And he told me, the person who wrote you the employment contract lied to you. 
all they had to do was insert one, one paragraph. With that paragraph, you would have gone to the owner of the station and you would have negotiated your revenue share. Whatever Louis had thought he had signed, he felt duped. And he started sort of acting out. I was furious, James. I was so mad. In the meantime, a perception had finally settled. Because Louis had moved around so much, he was not only thought as arrogant, but also moneyed. Really, really moneyed. Did you earn a million a month? I've never seen that kind of salary. To the extent that I even had to collect my friends, my close friends, and I took them to my apartment. Apartment. Not masonite, not 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 bungalow, not standalone, not 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 a house in Karen or a house in Runda. An apartment where there were Okay, I liked living with our few houses, so the only ten. But it was an apartment. And I showed my friends and I said, a million a month, surely, what would I be doing here paying rent? There was a station I was leaving. The first meeting I had with one of the owners, they talked so badly to me in one of the offices. They told me, what kind of money I think I make that they can't pay. He can pay me. In fact, to quote him, he said he can pay me from his own back pocket every month. So again, that story of he earns this much, he's greedy, he's asking for more money. That notwithstanding, the perception stayed. And Louis and his Citizen TV town halls was capturing more audiences, even though he's getting angry by his contract situation, that revenue share deal. First, they lied that I was earning close to a million a month, which was a lie. Mm -hmm. And second, they lied about my contract because it's the first time I was going to get a contract for revenue share. You know that kind of contract. But... His town hall shows was captivating and was the only thing that was keeping him on TV and up to this point. I'm having lunch at this place. It's an odd hour. It's about uh, 3 p.m. And some lady I don't know from Eve comes and plonks herself right opposite me on my table very confidently. And I asked, I know you, can I help you? And she says, no, 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 don't worry about all those. I know you, but let me tell you, we know you very well. We know everything about you. I said, so what's this? You've come to intimidate me about work or something? She said, no, 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 no. Relax. There's something I need to find out. This town hall meetings you do. Does anybody ever call you for 
meeting at the Serena or Palacina or any of those exclusive uh, hotels just separately to have a quick word with you. I said, why would anybody do that? Nobody speaks to me. So I asked her, so what is it? And she asked me, why are you not using our money properly? Why are you not giving us the little extra we're paying you for? James, I was totally dumbfounded. I was stumped. I looked at this woman. I think I was on total jaw drop. I literally had to pick up my jaw from the table, my lower jaw, and put it back in my mouth and ask her, what did you just say to me? And immediately she tells me, there, that is what I wanted to see. I knew there was a problem. And she told me, listen, every week there is somebody who collects 300,000 to deliver to you before you leave to travel. When Louis found out this, he felt justified to push his employer first on the account of these revelations, but most importantly, on that contract point that had soured his relationship with the TV station. I just flipped. I completely just flipped. It is the first time I ever stormed my employer's office. I said, first, you call me out of my revenue share contract. And then you have somebody called so-and-so. This is your friend. It is on this backdrop that Louis actually leaves and joins K24. Again, making enemies in the process. This move that he makes appears to me more like running from a burning house situation. He felt lied to. He keeps repeating this a lot. He was angry that the political connections with news-making process was somehow binding him to commitments he had not made himself. But joining a startup TV would prove to be a too big of a gamble, even for Louis Oteno, who had come to believe that audiences were following him. Because I'd moved around so much, it got to a place where Kenyan, the viewers now, had stopped minding the station they would look for. Where is he? You understand? And they would find me and they would watch. It is also this reason that Rose Kimodo actually goes out of her way to tempt Louis Otieno. Locally, the biggest name was Louis Otieno. But we thought there's no way Louis will ever agree to come from Citizen. The timing of the launch of this passion project was the 2007 election. The biggest, to me, the, the saddest thing in the history of the country and in the history of K24 is the post-election violence because it just made the company... Because after that, we had no advertisers. K24, on paper, was trying to break the boundaries of media and perhaps reduce the dominance of the big boys. But no one, absolutely no one, could account for the events that will follow the disputed 2007 elections. 
But of course, it was followed with six months of zero income and six months of costs and no income. And six months of an overdraft with CBA Bank getting deeper and deeper and deeper. It started as a 12 million loan. And I remember when CBA came to me, they called me for a meeting at CBA and said, your overdraft is now 70 million. Initially, we had an overdraft of 12 million, 70 million. You'll never get out of this. And of course, with an overdraft, the interest is humongous and it's overnight. 24 hours just kept growing. You've never seen anything. Money just, your debt just like a nightmare. Overnight, it just grows and grows and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And they said, um, how are you ever going to get out of this? You can't. And just like that, Rose Kimodo lost her baby project for a paltry of 12 million that grew to 70 million shillings. She was asked a very simple question by her bankers. How do you intend to pay for this loan? Either an investor comes in or they buy you. And that's what happened. And that's how we lost K24. And what always haunted me was because of the circumstances, what could I have done better? Maybe I should not have started with a bank loan. Maybe I should not have started with a dream. Rose Kimodo to date feels somehow responsible for how Louis' career ended. I felt I had ruined Louis' career. It always haunted me. All these years, I've always thought of all other people. Because after I left, or had to leave, yeah. that was the end of Louis' career. The people who took over K24 did not have the same dream we had. As well, the station is different. Yeah. Um, and so, with K24 going down, Louis' career also. also went down. The dreams, the whatever we planned of K24, just went down the dream. And I've always felt I would one day have an opportunity to work with Louis. K24 changed hands, and Rose Kimodo walked away grudgingly. I asked you earlier to mark that moment Louis Otiono walked away from KTN, essentially bringing down the station. Well, here it is then. New owners of K24 walk in with a different vision and different interests. And guess who they hire to run their new television? And lo and behold, I came back from a road trip one day and met one of the very bosses I had left behind <laughs> one of my previous <laughs> employments. And of course, they took me off the roster, took my show off the roster, took everything down, took me off. He basically shut me down for five months. It was time for payback. The chickens were coming home to roost. And of course, as fate would have it, I actually met him on the corridors. I was coming back to check in with my crew. I met him. Mm -hmm. He looks at me and he says, How are you? And I go, I don't know. I said, I don't know. So he smiles. He says, we'll talk. I said, I don't doubt it. And that's how it 
And that was the end of Luyo Cheno on media. It was over. As he said goodbyes to his team, perhaps Louis thought he had one more card to play. I knew change. Nobody had to tell me. Under the circumstances that he left KTM, and I walked in knowing I've come in to exit now, formally, without an iota of doubt. James, think of how we left him. His job was on the line. So definitely there was going to be payback. And he didn't take his time. He was quite quick at it. The many enemies that Louis had created and collected over a period of time had him where they needed him. They'll kill me for breaking a pencil. So I told him the environment is too hostile. It's, it's too murky. It's muddled now. I can't work there. There's nothing they will not charge me with. Those are the kind of tribulations I had to, so I had to suffer, I had to go through. Where you're extremely hated by your immediate surrounding and greatly celebrated outside the door. I had to get used to that. Louis' relationship with the media is a strenuous one and there's no love lost. Next time on Paradise Lost. The hatred they had was shown in the way the things happen. And you find that I've been gone for a while. But they're still following me up like on the issue of my friend, my dear friend, who lost her life, Kareem. But James, that's what I'm trying to tell you. There was no case. Paradise Lost is written and produced by me, James Smart. Our sound engineer is Mona Chuba. Edit producer, Sharon Ongayo. This podcast is recorded at Supersonic Africa. Our voice of artists is Yafesi Musoke. Theme song for this podcast is produced by Trevor Magak. Guitar by Benjamin Masinde. Piano by Samuel Hendrick. Copyright. Alfulela. Special thanks to Louis Otieno. <laughs>